Hello, and welcome to An American in China, a Westerner's Guide to Post-COVID Travel in the Far East. I'm your host, Paul Crutcher. Welcome to Episode 2, titled 8,000 Miles. Before we get started, thank you to everyone who tuned in for our debut episode. Much appreciated. If you missed it, I recommend going back for a roadmap of what we hope to do here on the podcast. You're also welcome to leave comments or questions. Please find us on Twitter. We're on Instagram, also on Facebook. Please like and subscribe if you can. Let's jump right in and get started. I am standing in a long line waiting to check two pieces of luggage on China Airlines. I'm in Los Angeles International Airport. It's Tuesday, May 16th, 2023 at around 9 o'clock p.m. It's dark in this big hall where the various international ticket counters are located. You don't realize how much natural light is in this terminal during the day till you come in after dark. And let's be honest, LAX could use an upgrade in the worst way, but that's a story for another day. There are people everywhere. There's so much commotion. I find my line with various roped-off corridors, and then it's just a waiting game to make it to the counter. My flight leaves after midnight. It'll be 3.05 a.m. Eastern Time on the 17th for me by the time we lift off. So for now, I just observe and I wait. After a few minutes, I see a man who looks to be of Chinese descent who's visibly angry. This man is upset. He's come from the front of my long line to the ticket counter, and now I'm wondering what's going on. Is his ticket invalid? Did he wait in the wrong line? He's been there for a long time, and now he's being redirected. And there's obviously an issue that he's unhappy about. After a few minutes of conversation with a female agent at the computer terminal, the older man who works for China Airlines arrives, and he's now standing in front of this angry man. And I have nothing to do but watch this scenario play out in front of me. The Chinese Airlines employee begins to passionately describe what must be the airline's position on this situation. He crouches down demonstratively. He pats the man on the right shoulder, and then he pats the man on the left shoulder, and then he puts his hands to his head again, and uh, there must be some more explanation going on. Then he crouches down. He touches his head again. Now he pats the man again on both shoulders, gently, almost comforting him. And then, in what is just a matter of minutes, this angry customer has been completely diffused. He's smiling. He's laughing. It might be the best customer service effort I've ever seen. The uh, man's countenance has completely changed. In fact, the formerly angry man now smiles. He shakes the hand of the China Airlines employee. He grabs his luggage and he walks away. And then my line moves up a few spots. Technically speaking, while this episode is called 8,000 miles, and that is the distance between my return destination from Shanghai to Tampa, the flight distance of Tampa to Shenzhen City, my initial destination, is almost 9,000 miles long. It's a long way. Exactly 12 hours difference from my time zone on the Gulf Coast of Florida. I want to spend this episode guiding you through that journey. In future episodes, we'll discuss the preparations, how I applied for and was approved for a 10-year work visa, the agency that I used to hand-deliver my documents to the Chinese Embassy in Washington, D.C., considerations about timing to get those documents approved and mailed back to me, uh, the letter of invitation, formatting what needs to be included for your visa to be approved. This was all a bit of a daunting task, much of it unknown as I began this journey, but it's absolutely necessary in order to travel to China. Now, for those of you who might complain that that seems unfair, and I'm looking at you, Reddit, 
We require Chinese visitors to apply for and obtain a travel or business visa the same way they do. So understand that while it may be a pain in the butt to fill out forms and mail envelopes and wait with fingers crossed, it's just part of the process. My recommendation is that you do it early, though. Don't book a flight or a hotel or a sightseeing tour anywhere before you've received your approved visa. This process cannot be expedited. No matter what an agency might tell you, the Chinese embassy is thorough. They take their time. They'll get it done. They'll get it back to you on their time, though. We'll go through that later. We'll look at the requirements and give you some tips on getting it done the most effective and economically way in future episodes. But today we begin in the uh, Tampa International Airport, Tuesday, May 16th. I booked a flight with Spirit Airlines to get to LAX, connecting through Dallas-Fort Worth. Despite breaking my own rule of no more than a two-hour flight on Spirit, it's not a bad rule. The trip went well. Uh, Not a lot of drama flying across the U.S. I do laugh when the Spirit Airlines flight attendants tell you to, quote, put your tray tables in the upright position. A tray table? You call this a tray table? It's it's barely bigger than the size of my phone. I can't imagine trying to eat an actual meal off of this table, quote, unquote. But it's a cheap flight trying to save company funds. So it is what it is, and it gets me to LAX. I get through my check-in with passport in hand. I get my luggage checked. It's on to the international terminal with a layover to wait for the flight to board around midnight. And once again, who's there? It's that older Chinese airlines employee, the same guy that diffused the angry customer. He's back and he's wrangling all of us into respective lines for boarding. This man is everywhere. He's doing everything. I'm a long way from that ticket and luggage check-in. I've been through TSA screening. I walked to my gate, but here he is, that same guy making things run smooth for all of us. Somebody give this man a raise. It's about 3 a.m. for me once I finally get on board the Boeing 777. I'm in seat 41K, which is on the window with 11 seats across the spacious cabin. Because Boeing utilizes carbon fiber instead of rivets in the construction, I did watch a documentary on this, I have a much bigger window than I'm used to on other airliners. As a frequent flyer, you notice these sorts of things. As on a previous international flights that I've taken on airlines such as KLM, The flight attendants look like they've just stepped out of central casting. In this case, the perfect Chinese woman, all attractive, all well-dressed in uh, light blue, in heels, with perfect makeup, scarves, hair pulled back, and pinned. A meal is going to be served after we reach our cruising altitude, but I am so tired. I wrap up in that blanket that's been provided. It's in a plastic bag when you get it. I lay my head on the uh, little pillow they give you. And I try to get in a quick nap, but I uh, miss the initial food service because of that. Here's an important travel tip for the long-haul flight, in my case connecting in Taipei, Taiwan. It's cold on this plane. And listen, I like my thermostat set low. My recommendation is to bring an extra blanket or a warm jacket or sweatshirt or something with long sleeves on what for us was a 13 and a half hour flight to Taiwan. And because I missed that meal service on such a long flight, I'm going to be hungry later, so I recommend packing a snack or two to tie you over until breakfast is served a couple of hours before you land. Now, China Airlines has plenty of options on the seat back for entertainment. However, during the overnight hours, the lights are dimmed, and it's dark, and it's pretty rude to turn on a bright screen, even though they have a dimming feature. And this kept happening in a row in front of me. It's a little guy there. He was well-behaved, but he kept watching cartoons and he wanted to play video games. And that bright light, even with his screen dimmed, was enough to disturb any level of good sleep 
uh, for me and my fellow passengers a row behind. So a sleep mask is another great idea on the long haul flight. A great travel pillow is also a good idea. I picked one up for the trip home in Shanghai. One that retains its shape is elongated to allow for differing scenarios of rest. It's another great tip for a long haul flight. Uh, just a quick note here, and that is, uh, ladies and gentlemen, the earth is round. This is important to remember as you look at your flight path for these long haul flights to China. We flew north over San Francisco, uh, then over the southern tip of Alaska, and then you're up somewhere between the northern Pacific and the Bering Sea. We fly in over the eastern tip of Russia, down over Japan, then the East China Sea, and then we landed in Taiwan. You're not flying over the Central Pacific, over Hawaii, or anything close to that, just so you know. China Airlines did serve us a great breakfast about two and a half hours prior to landing in Taiwan. It was very good. We served an egg frittata, had some uh, ham in there, hash browns, a little bit of broccoli, and served with tea, uh, also a small container of strawberry yogurt. Seasoned well, quite satisfying, good breakfast a couple of hours before landing. Our flight landed in Taipei at around 5 a.m. This was to be a 10-hour layover. I know. Uh, because sleep had been difficult on the long haul, I was exhausted. My good friend Zig had arranged for his contact in Taiwan, a man named Ivan, uh, to take me around and show me some of the sights in Taiwan. But Ivan had a conflict at the last minute. He was unable to come and meet me. And as I had researched uh, some of the excursions available in Taiwan and had a desire to get out of the airport and go see some of the country while I was there for so long, because Ivan canceled, it was okay uh, because I was going to be able to get some rest before the final flight into Shenzhen. After deboarding the plane, we found a, uh, I found a small lounge with a big brown leather recliner. There were about 12 of those recliners all facing the windows. It looked like an airline sky club, but this was for the general public, a nice feature in the Taiwan airport right as you come off of the, uh, uh, the main terminal where you come in. This was for the general public, and the timing worked out where I was able to get one of the chairs. I secured one, and they were in high demand the rest of the entire day. So it was so nice. Uh, the recliners are in a quiet, dark area. I was able to prop up the footrest and just relax while the sun was rising in the distance. It was peaceful, and the position I was in allowed for me a great view of the surrounding mountains, a view of the road leading away from the airport, lots of greenery. It was a nice, relaxing view, and uh, I needed that right then. I really wasn't able to sleep. Sleep, I was able to rest, which is as much as I could hope for in that scenario. The airport in Taiwan, it's pretty incredible. And I'm not just talking about bidets in the bathroom, but that's also incredible. We are toilet paper savages. Uh, it's like a shopping mall, really, in a way. Each gate set up in a theme to represent some part of Taiwan's culture, so each, each gate is different. Uh, after my rest, I wanted to do some exploration, and there are lots of shops, cool cultural insights on the 100 mountains of Taiwan, the history of calligraphy. There were tables with paper, quill, and ink for patrons to use, and examples of Chinese characters. So I was alone in that room, and I sat down, and I slowly tried to duplicate the marks that I saw on the example. Uh, dipping the quill in the pool of liquid, it sort of looked like just black water. I, I pressed gently on the thin rice paper. And believe it or not, it wasn't terrible. It, it looks sort of like the character example. And uh, it was fascinating. And it was just a reminder that both paper and printing were invented over here. Culture at the airport. And I'm here for it. I was hungry, so I was able to find a place to eat. Uh, I don't remember the meal 
right now, but it was good. But the tiredness was catching up. So I went back to the customer lounge area. All the seats were full. They stayed full for about another three or four hours. My neck and back were ah, not great after awkward attempts at sleeping on the long flight. So I inquired about a chair massage and was directed to an entirely separate airport uh, area that I hadn't seen yet. It looked like another giant mall, including a food court. There was a Starbucks, a McDonald's, and uh, a Jamba Juice, some other things. I did find the uh, massage place. The chair massage was 15 minutes. It was 70 RMBS or $10 in U.S. funds, and they took U.S. dollars. So, wow, possibly the best $10 I've ever spent in my life. This guy was incredibly good. He found my knots. He worked them out. And days later, I was still having no back or neck pain whatsoever, which is good on a long trip. Dude was amazing. Uh, These kinds of finds are like treasure in my book. I'd almost consider switching my return flight connection back here instead of Seoul, uh, South Korea, just to get another $10 chair massage. By the way, whenever you see prices for RMB or Chinese currency, you simply divide by seven to get the U.S. dollar amount. It's a handy tool when you're trying to negotiate or figure out prices on your journey. After the chair massage, I got a strawberry smoothie from Jamba Juice, which was great, and walked down into another area where I found out they have a freaking library. And it's nice. It's big. It's beautiful. Big leather chairs airport library for the win it's quiet as libraries should be and uh, there's this, a, uh, a little chinese family playing a game of cards quietly they're all laughing quietly they're having family communication and two parents two teens one boy one girl and i sat in a corner reading a book on zen from a, a shelf i was in a big brown leather chair a lamp in the corner it was fun just to eavesdrop even though i Really can't understand a word being said. Hear them calling out cards. They were making comments. And then the whole family would laugh. And it was just adorable. It made me happy. It was nice to, to spend uh, the rest of the time and, until I went to check on the lounge again. And again, I haven't really slept in about 30 hours. Not good sleep since Tampa. So I'm sort of delirious. I found an empty recliner in the dark lounge area. It was brighter now with the sun up, but they had the shades pulled down, and that was a welcome sight. And that's where I stayed until the boarding announcement came for my flight, which was around 2.30 p.m. I was scheduled to arrive in Shenzhen, China by 4.45 p.m. to be picked up by two employees of my company named Levy and Jasmine. And that's where we'll begin our next episode, the final short flight from Taipei, Taiwan into China, and then the drama of trying to get through customs and immigration and have an online digital form filled out showing you're COVID-free using a cell phone that won't work in a language you can't read, feeling like you not, might not make it into the country that you traveled so far to get to. It was not cool, but we made it. But all of that, after not having slept for 30 hours or so, it was some drama. That's episode three. We hope you'll join us as we continue our podcast. This is An American in China. I'm Paul Crutcher. Thank you for joining us for episode two. And we will talk to you next time.